With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Lois and Bob Gaberman. It's Kamaria. How are you? We're very well. How are you? I am wonderful. So things are going good through this time, huh? Yeah, we're okay. How about you? How are you feeling? Oh, great, great. Just uh, trying to get used to our new normal. <laughs> so yes, thank you all for thank you all for being on the call tonight. And as soon as we dial in, uh, Talk to you starts recording. So I want to let folks know that we are talking to Lois and Bob Gamerman, and uh, we are the, they are the CEO and president of Salt Serve. Distributors Incorporated, and I was excited to uh, talk with both of you because we met at the conference um, last month for Women Elevating Women, and Lois was one of the guest uh, speakers, and you just had so much truth and power in your voice on what it is to be not just an entrepreneur, but, you know, a woman entrepreneur and um, some of the challenges in business. But um, you guys have a great website and just thank you for, you know, taking the time out to talk to us. So I wanted to start with why did you start um, Soft Stuff Distributions Incorporated and, and how did you do it? Well, uh, that's a great question, and uh, I would like to say that after 30 and a half years, we're proud to say that we started, as most small businesses started 30 years ago, based on a circumstance as opposed to a, a solid business plan, and I've been working for um, a company called Taylor Freezer Equipment. They are the world's largest manufacturer of soft serve frozen yogurt um, and sm smoothie and slurpee machines. Um, and I met Bob, who uh, will answer some questions in a few moments as well. Um, he was a, an entrepreneur who had some businesses in Baltimore at the Northeast Market. He was looking for a piece of equipment, and that's how we met. But Bob was the uh, has always been a visionary. And back in 1989, he had a vision to open up a coffee and dessert place before anybody had ever heard of Starbucks. And he asked me to come and look at a piece of, of real estate. I went. Back then, people didn't really carry business cards unless they worked for a company. He had his own businesses. He didn't have one. I gave mine to the realtor uh, after we looked at the space. And he sent me a thank you note to my office in, uh, in Maryland. And my, uh, the owner of that distribution company read every piece of mail that came through, uh, read it, and it said something about helping me find the perfect location to start my business, and I was called in and summarily fired. After eight and a half years of being uh, a sales manager there and one of the top salespeople for the company in the country, um, and I called Bob from the car, feeling a little sorry for myself, 
Um, and back then, a car phone was literally a phone in the car of a long curly queue. And at that point, he said to me, what can do? You know where all the bottles are buried. And he, on the, on the fly, came up with the idea for what the company should be. And that's how we started. Wow. And how did you all come up with the name? Unfortunately, that's my fault. Um, <laughs> so our idea was to, uh, Lois knew a lot of people who had uh, soft serve machines because she placed most of them and uh, had relationships with manufacturers of, of product that went into those machines. So we had decided that we were going to be the soft serve supply company uh, mixes and toppings and cups and things like that. And uh, that seemed like a cute name at the time. And we did pivot shortly after that and start selling desserts. And it grew into a, uh, a specialty food company that doesn't handle soft serve ice cream anymore. But none of our customers would let us change our name back. Um, Nobody believed us when we tried to change it to SSD as opposed to soft stuff distributors. So it stuck, and here we are. Oh, I love that name. I love Thank that you. name. And I mean, and everything looks so delicious. So uh, tell us about your company, you know, the mission, uh, the planning, and you have something that is called menu. Uh, category management. So talk to us about those things. So when we met, uh, I think it was on March the 3rd of this year, that was uh, at the Women Elevating Women event. That was yes. a pre-pandemic day. And not too yes. long after that, the world changed. Actually, uh, 13 days later on March 15th. So what was the old way and what we did isn't necessarily reflective of the new way and what we will be. So okay. menu category management means that when you're working with restaurants, hotels, conference centers, convention centers, cafes, caterers, and the list could go on and on, um, but you could find them because they're all businesses in the hospitality uh, sector that have been disastrously impacted by social distancing and the shutdown of the hospitality industry. Our business fell off in one day, almost like somebody flipped the light switch, 80%. So we went from a very large company to a modest company, and business is picking back up a little bit, but we've chosen to um, reinvent ourselves and take the knowledge and experience assets and infrastructure and create a new business as a sister company to soft stuff. Bob, would you like to discuss that? Sure. Um, so we had to furlough 27 employees, which killed us um, personally. Um, and, you know, we built the business uh, with the understanding that uh, they were our partners, not our employees. Um, so, you know, we, we made sure that they had unemployment set up and, and we had a plan to bring them back at some point. We kept our leadership team, which is a very young, um, energetic group of people. There's eight of us. Um, and we, the, the day before 
this really all happened, we made them read uh, Who Moved My Cheese, um, which is a, a very simple and powerful book that talks about not accepting the circumstances that befall you. And we met the next morning and said, we have these assets and we have these people. What can we do? And we threw a bunch of stuff up on the whiteboard. One of them was we have freezer trucks and freezers, and they're going to be people, unfortunately, dying. Maybe we need to be a Um It was complete uh, consideration of what we had and what we needed to do. Fortunately, that's not the direction we went in. Um, we have now, in the last two and a half weeks, created a grocery store that will be an online grocery service uh, with uh, curbside pickup here, uh, community drop points, and then eventually a direct-to-consumer delivery business. And, uh, and that's how we dealt with uh, being down. We now have, we're about three or four days from launch for a startup that, that's going to be fairly successful. Wow, that is amazing. And I mean, you've had to do that in less than a month, almost. Yes. Actually, we tasked the leadership team with reading or rereading Who Moved My Cheese uh, on March the 15th, on the 16th at 11.16 in the morning. Um, Governor Larry Hogan did what he needed to do to protect the citizens of the state of Maryland, and he shut down all restaurants and bars. And uh, from that morning, our planning moved into uh, real-life soldiering to protect the business, to protect our employees, to protect everyone's future. Because it's very important that Bob and I clearly articulate to the audience that soft stuff distributors and go soft stuff uh, as some people call us, and shop soft stuff, which will be our new, uh, and the website's not up yet, so don't go looking for it until next week, uh, that it's never been about us. It's always about, been about all of us, stuffies together. That's what we call all of ourselves. If you work for soft stuff, you're a stuffy, Bob and myself included. People don't work for us, they work with us, and it, it's incumbent upon us to protect essentially 47 families. Wow, that's amazing. So now, what? where will the locations be, or where will you be distributing? I know you guys are in Jessup. Yeah. So Jessup is the part of, of food distribution for the state of Maryland, and really for the tri-state area. There's not a uh, distribution hub in, in Northern Virginia or in Washington, D.C., and we're right off in 95, where all the other food service distributors are. Um, so it's, it's first, uh, prong of our, of our three-prong uh, go-to-market will be allowing customers to pick up their orders. And we've onboarded new products that you can't see yet on our, on our primary website, that we have milk, we have uh, eggs, we have uh, uh, butter, chicken, fresh beef, uh, seafood, um, prepared meals will be coming in, we carry beverages, uh, we've partnered for flowers for Mother's Day, will be allowing customers to shop online, place their order, fulfill it within two hours, and if for the 
foreseeable future, we need to run 18 hours a day so people can queue up and get their food. That's what we're going to do because it is unconscionable what has happened to people and their ability to shop um, through traditional means or uh, venture capital funded uh, online grocery platforms and services. And our model, because uh, we've always believed in paying a living wage and we've, we don't have any employees that make less than $15 an hour. So um, we've gone with a no tip, no delivery fee model. So if you look at what the expense to the citizens are when they use those um, services, uh, there's usually a compounded uh, cost on top of whatever their grocery order is between $40 and $50. That doesn't exist in our model. That is fantastic. Because, I mean, as we go forward, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Bob. That's okay. The answer to your question that you would ask is where will it be available? Um, you know, the first wave is, is going to be picking up at our warehouse. And then um, we are going to be marketing and communities, you know, a neighborhood association or, or a church congregation um, has a, a, a request for a group of orders. We're going to uh, have those trucks go to a drop-off point, and people can come and pick up at that drop-off point. Um, so it's going to be fluid, and then we're going to have some uh, growth into uh, home delivery drop-off points and home delivery all over the state into Northern Virginia. Down to D.C. Okay, so you have D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Yep. Wow, and so... Because, I mean, this is, this is what we're doing. I mean, now you're ordering things online because so many places are closed. You go to the grocery store, you have to stand in line. Or it's, it's really um, changed our way of life. And so will you have a heavier um, social media presence now? Yes, because in the business that we were primarily focused on in the last 30 and a half years. Social media for us really consisted of a networking presence on, uh, on LinkedIn. We're not, uh, soft stuff is not customer facing. So uh, Facebook or, or uh, uh, Instagram or any of those platforms uh, wasn't the proper way for us to communicate uh, our mission and, and, and our, our company. But now, uh, just soft stuff um, will be utilizing those platforms to its greatest advantage. Okay, and how can folks, um, if someone wants to reach you now, how should they reach you? How should they contact you? So are those individuals or businesses? Uh, both. Okay, so for businesses, um, you know, certainly, uh, you can log on to our website, which is www.gogosoftstuff, S-O-F-T-S-T-U-F-F.com. Um, certainly our phone number is 301-604-3300. For shop soft stuff, uh, next week um, our website, uh, shopsoftstuff.com, will be up. And uh, they can log register, log in, and enjoy the shopping experience. But what we really want people to know is that our commitment is to the community 
um, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to help people eat, we'll be growing and expanding and improving upon our processes. Wow, um, I wish you guys, I mean, the best with that. I mean, that's such an exciting endeavor. And I mean, how do you, um, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs that, that are going to have to relaunch like you all have? Well, I mean, there is nothing new um, to what it takes to be successful for us. Um, before and going forward, um, it comes down to uh, certain principles. You have to treat all of your stakeholders as partners. You know, uh, we believe that we need to bring value to everybody we touch. Uh, that includes our customers, our employees, um, our vendors, our community. And I think if you, if you have that in your mind, and you apply it to whatever situation you're in, you're going to be successful. Um, I think that uh, I think that the circumstances we're in, there are people that just stopped and waited for the world to start up again, and, and I, unfortunately, they're going to be in a, a flat-footed position. You need to to make the best of, of whatever assets you have, and figure out how to apply them. So for entrepreneurs out there. Who say this isn't a good time to start a business? It's never a good time to start a business. You had zero sales last year. You can only get better. And that's when we started in business. That's it was a recession. People said you shouldn't be doing that. So what do we know? We're just you know, whatever we do is better than we did yesterday. Keep your feet moving. Wow. And Lois, I'll ask you, what do you think it means for women entrepreneurs? So I'm very fortunate because I'm actually half of a couplepreneurship. I have Bob as my partner, and he was my partner before he was my boyfriend and before he was my husband. So we have a really great, strong foundation for our, our relationship, and we genuinely like each other, which is nice to say after 33 years, especially when you're with somebody pretty much 24-7. And you raise your kids together, and you have family that lives with you. Like my parents lived with us until they passed away. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot a lot of different stress that women entrepreneurs feel than perhaps their male counterparts. Although I know what stress Bob feels, so I don't I don't want to make uh, wide ranging and sweeping uh, uh, proclamations. I can only speak from my experience. I was really fortunate to come from a family of, of entrepreneurs. My dad was always in business um, for himself, as was Bob's. And just as coincidence, my dad knew his dad in business, which I didn't know that until after Bob and I started going out. Um, and they supported me, and they let me know that I was capable of doing whatever it is that I set my, my mind on. Um, and they were very proud of the success. So come to it with a little bit of a different perspective. But I've done a lot of things wrong over the last 30 years, but obviously I've done more right. One of the things that I did that was wrong was not understand the importance of forging strong relationships with a bank, which was something we corrected for last year 
when we aligned with Howard Bank, which is located here in Maryland. Um, and I don't know how large your, your listening audience is. Is it local? Is it national? Uh, reach uh, people all over. Okay, well, if you happen to be in Maryland or Delaware, you should definitely check out Howard Bank because uh, they've been an amazing partner to us and came to see us um, on March the 12th, uh, Thursday, March the 12th, and said, don't worry, we've got your back. And they gave us, especially me, a lot of confidence over the last number of months to run this like a real business. We were a big business, but we were running it like a small business. Um, so I took the leap of faith and we engaged with Foresight CFO, which is a fractional CFO practice out of New York. They've been amazing. And they've helped us or helped me as a, as a woman entrepreneur understand the worth of the business and understand my worth as a leader, um, which all of that rolls up to having uh, been able to focus on the disaster that came when the economy shut down and being uh, laser focused on applying for every single loan that was out there and to be able to say that we successfully managed to do all of them. Um, and, we, and, and that's really given us uh, a nice uh, wind in our sails to continue moving forward. So my advice to women is to be uh, great networkers, to not be um, ostriches, right? You don't stick your head in the sand. Um, you need to face the challenges as they come up. And don't be afraid, and I think I said this when I met you, don't be afraid to let people see inside your closet because it's messy because every business has a messy closet. Women tend to be afraid to um, be transparent with really good business and financial advisors because we're afraid of being told we're not worthy. And that's just wrong. We are worthy. We build great companies. We create great alliances. Um, the more you believe in yourself and the less you care about what other people think of you and more about how you think about your business, the best that's the better able you are to um, rebound when bad things happen. Oh, I love that. And Bob, I can really ask you the same question, you know, working with Lois for over 30 some years. You, you're asking me how it is to be a woman? <laughs> is that the same question? Um, <laughs> what well, is the question? I'm sorry. But, but, but working with a, a woman entrepreneur, do you have, have you learned and gained uh, more insight? Sure. Um, so I'm actually battle tested. Um, I had four older sisters that growing up was uh, my training ground for this. And then we became active in the WeBank and WPO world. So a lot of my time is spent, you know, at conventions with 8,000 business women. So um, I'm probably the most qualified. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's, it's not fair to say there's a difference. Um, in in how women uh, what women's capabilities are and, and, and how they handle things and I think that that uh, there's a spectrum and to lump the, uh, lump all women into the same category 
there are women who don't assert themselves and there are women who assert themselves. And there are women who plan and women that don't plan. I think that I think and I think that's part of the problem is that the world thinks of women as different in, in business and, and women are convinced to think of themselves as different. And I think that's I think that's problematic. Um, and I think that the 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 equality factor uh, starts with with the women's attitude, and then the structural issues of, of limitations of capital um, and uh, old boy networks that aren't letting women play, that's wrong. Um, but I think that, I think that, you, and you see it, there are women who cut through that and there are women who can't. And um, I think that, the, I think organizations like WeBank and WPO and probably dozens of others um, are starting to make, chip away and make, and make it uh, more of a, a level playing field. Wow, Paul, that is um, profound what you just said. And I also want to, to pick up on um, some of the other organizations that you all are a, a part of, and if you can recommend uh, some of those to our listeners. Well, I have to say, um, that every, not everything, but almost everything great that has happened to small stuff distributors in the last 20 years is directly attributable to our membership in WeBank, Women's Business Enterprise National Council. And then from that, the WPO. We, we meaning Bob and myself, have been very active in both organizations. Um, we've learned how to utilize our uh, women-owned uh, diversity certification to its best advantage. Remember that your certification, whether you're a woman-owned business or you're a minority-owned business or a veteran-owned business or whatever your, your diversity tag is, that's only an invitation to the party. You get to dance at the party if you do your job really well. And people can count on you and they can believe in, in you. So, Bob's philosophy and my philosophy are the same. If you're going to be a part of an organization, be part of an organization. Show up. So we started going to every event we possibly could, and in the beginning we were like fish out of water. We knew no one. We couldn't figure out what the, couldn't crack the code. And then we met nice people who were extremely generous with their time and generous with their, uh, with, with their advice, and we figured it out. And we joined uh, committees, and we participated in seminars, and then every educational opportunity, executive educational opportunity that came our way, we signed up for. Uh, I, um, in in uh, October of 2014, I was fortunate enough to receive the Dorothy B. Brothers uh, Scholarship Award from WeBank and IBM because IBM underwrites programs through the Tuck School of Business, which is the oldest school of business in the United States, and it is part of Dartmouth. And they uh, had, had evidently, at that point, been sponsoring, I couldn't even tell you how many years, uh, because I wasn't aware of the program. It's 65 hours of one week of deep, deep, amazing MBA-level uh, education in business. I took it, and, and two days into it, I was totally blown away. I said, this is transformative for me. 
How am I supposed to go back to my partner and explain to him everything I've learned here? Because you know what? If you really are partners, then it's important to you that your partner knows as much, if not more, than you do. It's not a power play. It's a uh, an insurance policy to make sure that uh, people are growing. So they said, well, we run this program. Um, it, we're having it again in two weeks, but it's not woman-focused. It's minority-focused. It's, you know, uh, scaling your uh, uh, high-performing minority business. And I said, well, that's great, except my husband's white. And they said, it's okay. We let, you know, two white guys in or two white people in, and that's fine. Because we understood that when you're dealing with um, especially uh, minority uh, groups, that if you change the, ba the balance of power in the room, then the groups that those are targeted for don't have the safety space to, to get the most out of it. So mm. I called Bob. We paid it out of pocket for him to go. And I'd like you to address how impactful that was for you. So my educational background is that I spent seven years at a school running a fraternity. And that was basically <laughs> my college experience. Um, and I did not feel that it was right for me to take a spot um, at a uh, Dartmouth business school when uh, other people could, and I fought going. Um, but I, I, Lois convinced me, and I went, and it was one of the most um, inspiring six days uh, for me because it, it, first of all, taught me that I, I was qualified to be in a, a classroom like that. And the other people in the classroom were, every one of them were inspiring. And I learned from, from helping them with their business. And the connections I made were invaluable. And, and that's all part of what Lois was saying. You show up. And it's, it's a multiplying effect where you meet one person, and then the next time you go to an activity and they're there, they're your best friend and they're introducing you to other people. And these are all smart people. And so going to Dartmouth um, opened up a world for me. And we uh, subsequently have done probably, well, five at, at Tuck and then we've done a couple other places. So we've done a good eight or ten uh, executive education programs. And if this wasn't uh, the times that we're in, uh, we have an open invitation to um, go to Harvard for their MBA program. Yeah, the managers. Uh, the OPM program. Yeah, under president's program. And, you know, that would be incredible to go through. So I think dial it back to uh, these organizations opened up our, our opportunities were things that changed our lives. Um, one of the connections with the uh, Women's Presence Organization got us an invitation to the Ernst & Young Strategic Growth Forum, which is one of the most elite events I've ever been to. And um, we've been invited back every year for the last four years. And that would never have happened without these, these uh, connections. Right. Like, why would we know Teresa Harrison, who's the global uh, diversity manager for uh, Ernst & Young? Well, we know her because she is generous and amazing in her um, leadership and participation in WeBank, and she has connection to the WPO, the Women's President's Organization. 
And by being at these events and having, um, we've, we've won nine done deals awards through, uh, through WeBank, uh, business organization that I was referring to, which is associated with WPO, the Women's President's Organization. And then we, when Ernst & Young was looking for high-performing women businesses, Dr. Marcia Firestone, and now the executive director and president of, of WPO, Camille Burns, gave our name. That was the most transformative. I said that about Dartmouth. This was more transformative to be with uh, entrepreneurs of the year and, and, and a group of 2,000 people and access to information and understanding how to crack a different code in business that we would never have had that opportunity. And then the people that we met, let me tell you what, last year, sitting in, uh, in, in Palm Desert at last year's Strategic Growth Forum, we were fortunate enough to be seated at the table with Jesse LaFerre, who's the uh, Entrepreneur of the Year for uh, warehousing family and, and family-owned businesses. Yep. He owns Pete and Jerry's Organic uh, Farms, which is the largest aggregator of uh, family farms that raise uh, chickens that produce ground, cage-free, uh, and in some instances, uh, uh, prairie-raised, uh, pasture-raised, rather, uh, eggs. So they also do butter, they do liquid eggs, and all kinds of stuff. So while we were sitting down trying to figure out how we were going to reimagine ourselves, we are like, wait a minute, we could do eggs. So we called Jesse. We had talked to him since last November. We called him up in New Hampshire, and he took a call. And now we're in the egg business we picked up um, at their location in Pennsylvania today. So this is all about creating connections with people. And you should never enter meaningful connections. meaningful connections, right? It's never about you. It's always about them. And what can you do to make somebody's life better? What can you do to help somebody in their business? We spend a lot of time mentoring. We're part of the, both part of myself, the student uh, entrepreneur program from WeBank, where we mentor. And this would have been, if they had the national convention this year, this would have been our fifth year mentoring college businesses who were starting businesses. These are the important things. So um, at the Strategic Growth Forum, and, and these are people who are billionaires who have started and sold businesses and, and venture capitalists and very smart people. But what I found, and something that Lois embodies very well, what I found that every one of them did was when they connected with you, the first thing they wanted to know was how they could be of service to you. And I think that is an incredible lesson. That these are people that don't have to have a connection with you, don't have to offer you anything, but that's the first thing they want to know. What can I do for you? And that's because the really true good people out there know that they got to where they are because of somebody else's good graces. Doesn't have to be somebody who's in your industry, but somebody that sat him down and listened to him, gave him advice, and tried to help them. And they feel it's incumbent upon themselves to help other people succeed, and Bob and I feel that way. And it's always an honor and a privilege to work with people. Wow, I, I mean, you all are just amazing, which is why I wanted to have you on the show, you have um, so much depth and knowledge and integrity. And I love the way you feed off of one another. Uh, and it shows uh, how and why you can have 
a successful business and I wish you the best with this new launch uh, because this is where we are now. We are going to be doing lots of, uh, of deliveries uh, for, for quite some, some time, I think. And, uh, and having uh, companies like yours out there, not just helping, you know, you're thinking about your employees, you're thinking about your community, you're thinking about uh, connections, um, having someone like that uh, in your corner is so, so powerful. So I want to thank you all for just sharing your story and, um, and connecting with me saying yes, that you would do the show and as soon as we can get to the television uh, studio and have you all on the Ed Brown show, which uh, tapes in Bowie, Maryland, but that's on hold until uh, COVID-19 gets under control. So, uh, because you really do have a wealth of knowledge to offer. And I wanted to ask you about mentoring um, because you have a great business model and folks can really learn from you all. That's what makes uh, life enjoyable when you can help other people and their lives become better. But you know what? When we started this business 30 and a half years ago, we were just two kids trying to figure it out. We didn't have a plan. We got lucky. If we had a plan, we probably would have failed. Right. So we know what it's like to make it up on the fly, and we also know what it's like to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with your feet buzzing worries about whether you're making payroll or not, or if you lost business or where you're gaining business. You know, we understand all of that. It's not easy, but if it was easy, everyone would do it. I know that seems like a trite uh, uh, a cliche, but it's true. You know, um, being in business is not for everyone. And what people need to understand in your audience, that those who are thinking about going into business for themselves, is that life changes. It doesn't matter how successful you are out of the gate and if you're able to replace your current level of income and grow that exponentially, you need to understand what changes in your personal life. And most of that is what changes with your family and your friends. Most people will not understand what you're doing. They won't understand the passion that you should have for your business. And then when you succeed, they will be jealous. You, on the other hand, don't get to take two weeks vacation in the summertime. You work your business and grow it so other people get to do that, right? You are the person that takes the risk. And if it works out, and God, I hope it does, you get the reward. But if it doesn't work out, the bank gets your house. So you have to think about where you are in what stage of your life you're in, whether you're married or not, or in a relationship, do you have kids, and where, what's your risk tolerance? You know, it's your head, your heart, and your stomach. That's what Dr. Linda Applegate at Harvard taught me in the two executive education classes that I took at Harvard through the WPO. You listen to your head, your heart, and your stomach, and it changes all the time to try and figure it out. It's risky, but it's so amazing if you love what you're doing. 
If you're doing it because you hate your boss and you need to do something else, then that's not the right reason. And it's the luckiest of luckies that can do it with their life partner. Where you two like each other and you respect each other and you want the same things. Hey, yeah, ta to tack onto that, um, there are a lot of people who get into business because they think it's, it's easy. You know, they get to be in charge and they can take whatever time, you know, they can make their own hours and um, vacation and have a lot of disposable income. And the fact of the matter is that you can make your own schedule. Uh, Lois's father used to say you, can, you get to work a half a day, any 12 or 13 hours you want. Uh -huh. the, the commitment has to be that you're, you're hoeing to the end of the road. You make sure that the job's done and nobody else is going to do that for you. And you, you, you're lucky if you, get, if you convince some people to put their shoulder under the load and help share it. But the fact of the matter is that if something has to be done, you have to do it. You're responsible for everything. And um, I mean, that really going in, business people have to understand it is, it is never easy. If you're going to be successful, it's never easy. Right. You want to fail, that's, that's simple. Yeah, failing is really easy. And actually, there's two types of failing. There's failing because you're just don't get what you're doing and, and you don't care or, or you're incapable of running it. And then there's, other, there's the other type of failure, which is sweet failure. That's where you learn from those mistakes yeah. and, you, uh, and you recalibrate. We've had a few of those. Right. We call that business education. That's right. And you know what? Some people say it's called uh, failing forward, like you fall into it, um, but it's sweet failure. It's like when you work out after you haven't worked out for a really long time and your muscles hurt, Bob always calls that the sweet pain. Sweet discomfort. The sweet discomfort. So with our new venture, we don't expect it to be flawless. We don't expect it to be like velvet. We expect that we're going to fail. But we need to learn from those failures while we constantly recalibrate and adapt to what our customers are looking for. It's not about what I, I shouldn't tell you what you need to buy. You need to tell me what you want to buy, and I have to be in a position to supply you with that and give you absolutely greatest experience you've ever had where you say, oh my God, is this like 1952 when customer service meant something? Instead of where we are now, where it's uh, transactions and, and, and just devoid of, of uh, humanity. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Lois and Bob Gamerman, I wanna thank you so much for being on the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. I thank you for your honesty and candor and because folks can really learn a lot by just listening and, um, and, and, and reaching out. And give us the uh, contact information one more time. Sure, um, so I'm Lois Gammerman and I can be reached at Lois G at GoSoftStuff.com. You? I'm Bob Gammerman. I'm Bob G at GoSoftStuff.com. And I think you were referring to our, our, our um, company uh, contact. So uh, Soft Stuff Distributors, uh, you can find our uh, website at www.GoSoftStuff.com. And 
sometime next week when we launch, uh, you'll be able to shop on www.shopsoftstuff.com. A better way to grocery. Wow, I wish you all um, so much success with that endeavor. Uh, like I said, just looking on your website now, everything looks so yummy. And I know that you have new arrivals and you have seasonal. And so people uh, are going to get a great shopping experience uh, off of your site. So thank you so much. And I want to thank folks for tuning in and listening to our show this evening. Talk Shoe is live and recorded. And once it uploads, I will definitely post it on all of my social media sites. And thank you again. Have a fabulous evening. And we will chat soon. Stay thank healthy you very and much. happy. Stay healthy, happy, and positive. We're grateful yes. for the opportunity to wish you only good things. Yes. Thank you so much. Everyone, have a good evening. Bye, you all. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.